Hello, and welcome to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. My name is Elena Kim Benfield, and I'm your host for today's podcast. I work at Vanguard as an attorney, supporting our securities finance group and an active member of Women in Securities Finance. Today, I'm joined by John James, senior staff who heads up our institutional investment group, Sam Anakar, head of strategy, partnerships, and operations for our institutional investment group, and Emily McGee, Chief of Staff for John James. Today, we're going to discuss leadership. So let's kick it off, John. When you and I met and you kindly gave some of your spare time to a random lawyer, you mentioned that you're really interested in leadership. And I was wondering why you care about leadership. Elena, probably the second half of my career was more focused on leadership. First half of career was trying to establish yourself trying to get results, trying to climb the ladder, trying to earn more money, all those things, and really was promoted into a leadership role before I was ready. And so a lot of the early times in leadership, it was trying to work out how to be a leader, what is being a leader, what do I need to do different? And, you know, those early times... It was a struggle because I was someone that had forged an individual mindset in achieving results, working out the culture, working out how to do all the things you need to do to not just survive, but but thrive. And then all of a sudden you realize the toolkit is pretty bare when you're in a leadership role and it's sort of like, this is what I do. How about you try that? And then I worked out that there was a lot more to leadership. So I guess the interest was generated through necessity. And then I guess the necessity turned into, okay, I really want to spend some time on this and really develop the craft. What were some of the early mistakes you made as a young leader? Well, lots. (laughs) (laughs) I think the first one was I said, hey, this is what I do. Hey, Sam, sitting with me, this is work for me. And that really was pretty basic mistake. And then the second thing I found that I would, come into the room with thinking I had the answers and I thought I was adding value to the team with, Hey, I've given this some thought. I think I've got a new direction and I think this will work for us. That didn't work. And then the other part of it was prior to Vanguard, you work in political organizations. And so I took on teams where team members were older. I was from a small town. I was in a big city. And I think early on, I felt like I was trying to play survivor in working out who was on the team, who wasn't on the team. And so got caught in a lot of, I was trying to please everybody. That was probably the other mistake I made was thinking, you know, the more experienced members of the team, I'll try and please them. I'll try and spend more time with the more junior members of the team. And and in the end, got myself in a real bind because you can't please everybody. And so there was a lot more mistakes. And I I guess a lot of it was applying your own personal style to leadership and realizing that that's not going to work all the time because you've got different personalities, different dynamics, different things going on. And so you learn the hard way that your ways, your own preferences, you're going to have to flex those. So there's some of the mistakes. I'm sure there's still a lot of mistakes you make on a daily basis, but but at least I'm probably more conscious of when I make a mistake. Whereas back in those days, I was probably unconscious about a lot of those early mistakes. It takes a lot of courage 
to not try to please everyone. So what do you think about when you are making those decisions and understanding the hierarchy of who to please and when to please? Probably one of the most defining moments for me in leadership was working out that I can't please everybody. And so I don't know where your listeners are at in their leadership journey, but I made a decision that if I was going to fail, I'd rather fail doing it my way rather than wake up one day and fail and go, I was trying to please everybody and I still failed. And so I remember that moment in making a decision to say, hey, I'm in charge. And not in charge in an arrogant way, but in charge to know that ultimately you're going to make decisions. You certainly have to get the team to be involved in that, but you also know that everybody on the team is always not going to be in agreement. But what you're looking for in those pivotal moments is those team members who don't agree, that's fine, but can they get on the bus post that? I guess that was a pretty defining moment. It was really a confidence. It was personal confidence in going, okay, I'm in charge and everybody's not always going to be happy. But the pleasing, it was exhausting and actually pretty unrewarding because in the end, you don't stand for anything and you open yourself up for failing. What are some unflappable values that you have as a leader, unchangeable, foundational? For me, resilience, number one, is there's really many tough days where you don't get it all right. And so the ability to pull up your socks and go again, and and that's okay. So I'd say resilience, number one. Number two, which has really been the second half of my career, is it's not about me. There's nothing better than being on a team that brings diversity, brings knowledge, experience that you don't have. And so I'd like to think that as a leader, the best thing you can do is bring the, the best out of the team and it's, and it's not about you. And sometimes you fall into that trap where, particularly under pressure, you can get into a mode of, hey, we've got to get this done, which is probably not my leadership at its best, but sometimes I'm thinking, hey, it's still the best thing for the team, let's get it done. Um, So resilience, it's not about me, would be number two. And then the third area, which is the thing you want to give everyone to have their maximum potential to reach their own success. And I think if you can create an environment where people are empowered to do the best they can do, that's when you get it right. But yeah, that one's a hard one to assess on yourself. Sam, what are your thoughts on leadership? It's a lot like John's, right? I mean, for me, you know, I've had a bit of a different career than some other folks at Vanguard. I actually spent an entire lifetime in management consulting. So when John was reflecting on like what attracted him to leadership, what drove him, for me, it was, you know, really a desire to get things done. And what I felt in consulting was, and maybe I contributed to this, which is like, hey, the analytics win every day, right? I can put the best PowerPoint deck together. I can do all the analytics, like all the data says you should do X. And oftentimes I found I still couldn't make a difference. I couldn't get people to move from A to B. And it was a recognition that like work doesn't happen through PowerPoint decks, right? Like change happens through communications, interpersonal connections, getting people to see your perspective. And so what really drew me to the concept of leadership and getting better at it was really that. And it's not just in the workplace. I'm trying to lead at home every single day, getting my kids to go to bed at, at the right time. 
it's a lot of that, right? Just like, you know, how do you meet people and how do you move things forward and have folks sort of buy into your vision? To me, that's really where, where leadership is. What do you think Vanguard does really well with creating and promoting leaders? Do you think there's something special about the way we do things? Totally. I mean, number one is the fact that we emphasize it so much. And when we talk about leadership, we define it and that it's not simply about business performance, but it's about how are you lifting other people up? We place an enormous amount of importance, focus, but also value in what we call cruise views, which is an annual survey where the crew give feedback on a number of different factors related to the work environment, productivity, the direction of the company. And we ask pretty pointed questions like, how do you feel about senior management? Do they have a compelling vision? And the results matter. They really matter. We spend a lot of time looking through those results. In my organization, now I've got about 450. I read through every comment. John, I know you read through every comment. I know Tim Buckley reads through every comment and it sets the tone that every single voice matters because that's what we are. We're a people company. And so I think number one is just the emphasis on, on leadership and leading people. And then of course there's the training and the coaching that happens in the moment. That is very unique. We haven't seen other companies and the way they do things. Leadership is more of a concept. It's more of a nice to have here. It's an absolute requisite. It's interesting, Elena, for the folks here, I would say before joining Vanguard, I don't know if you found the same, Sam. I felt like the leadership responsibility was totally on me. And I took on leadership development because I got overpromoted early and I was out of my depth. And I thought, I've got to double down here. And I fortunately went to business school at the time and I did this subject called advanced people management skills. And I thought, oh, I'm bad. <laughs> uh, but but it gave me the incentive to work out where I was at. And so that was self. But I would say, and you know, not don't want to repeat anything that Sam said, but even at the most senior level of our organization, when we're looking at talent cards for promotions, leadership is a whole segment. So we're looking at leaders, have they developed talent, have they attracted talent, have they got diverse teams? Do they have followership? Do people want to work for the, that leader? And so, not that this is a commercial about Vanguard, <laughs> but, but I love that about our culture, that Sam's a principal and he's a principal not just because of his analytical ability, not just because of his experience, it's because he's a great leader. And being assessed as a leader all the time, and you know as a leader you're being assessed as a leader, which is different outside of Vanguard. Yeah. Why do we care so much? about leadership? I mean, do you think other companies, why should they care about that as opposed to the bottom line? Good question. And I think Vanguard is different because we ask people to come here and have a career here. We don't hire for the role and spending time in other companies, but also other countries. I was in the UK and I remember interviewing people there. I was the head of our Europe business and most of the people I was interviewing, you could tell they were coming for the role. And we're hiring for someone to have their career here. And so by very nature, if you're going to have your career here, you want someone that's going to develop their leadership ability. So, I mean, how many roles have you had here? How long have you been at Vanguard, Sam, and how many roles have you had? 
and there'll be more. There'll be more roles. So you're not going to be in this role for the for the rest of your career. I'm just finding this out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, it's been you know six years, three different roles. Yeah. Um, in very diverse subjects now. Yeah. What advice would you give to anyone who's in an organization, either here or elsewhere, where they feel stuck? They're working for somebody who's not, in their opinion, a good leader, someone who does not care about getting the best work out of them and helping them grow. Hmm. What would you recommend that they do or think about as a solution? Yeah, well, Sam goes first. I've got one thing that, Sam, you've been here six years, so you can, so you could probably answer this question. Yeah, it's a really good question. I I think if you're in that situation, you don't just have to find leadership and leadership development from the person you report to, right? Particularly if you're in a large organization, and most organizations are matrix and you work on teams, there's enormous leadership development opportunities by working with others that may be outside of your direct division or business line. And in any good organization, people talk, right? Like one person simply doesn't have a decision over someone's career. There's usually talent reviews and talent teams that come together. And obviously the impression that your direct boss has is important, but others weigh in if it's a good organization, right? So my advice would be find those opportunities to increase both your exposure and impact across the organization. That could be through special projects. It could be by being on an ERG and demonstrating your impact and supporting, you know, a particular employee resource group or something like that would be one idea. Yeah, the two things that immediately come to mind, and maybe you know, the first one's easy to say because we love Vanguard. Is one is work for a company where your values match, and that really came to me in the second half of my career because the first half of my career it was all about personal ambition. What's that next opportunity to step up? What's that opportunity is going to pay me more, whatever the drivers were. So, you know, really that would be number one. And the second one for folks who are feeling a little bit stuck, which is a little variation on Sam's, is work the organisation out. So if you're a woman in leadership and you're surrounded in a male-dominated environment, work out what you can control and I definitely would put time into peer relationships and cross-functional relationships because if you invest in that, you just are in a different situation where it's easy to get stuff done. You can bypass some of the other stuff that can sidetrack things, particularly I'm thinking I've seen this. I've seen this in the workplace, not a Vanguard, of course, but, but you know, if you're in a male-dominated environment, you know, the guys are talking about the football or this or that, You've got to work harder at the relationship side. And so I think you've got to work that out. Otherwise, where you're at is not where you're going to be long term. But for the long term, I do think you need to be with an organisation where your values match and you can see the long term. So even if you have not a great experience with a boss, you can at least feel like, hey, this is the organisation long term. This is going to be successful for my career. Thank you. Cultural match, matching your values with the company's mission, all very important things and very in vogue. Last set of questions. Emily, you are John's chief of staff. I wanted you to participate because one of the things that you mentioned was about how great a leader John is. So on a personal note, what is it about John that makes him special? And don't be distracted by the fact that he's looking at you right now. <laughs> well, this is, this is very distracting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm four months, five months into the role. 
over a course of a two-week period, I went from being a senior manager leading organization to supporting 12 officers and a managing director. So with that came some imposter syndrome. And if I had more than two weeks, I probably would have been very nervous when I was talking to John and Sam and, and the whole team if I gave myself enough time to think about it and get in my own way. What I think impressed me the most about John is I think he's got a skill or a temperature gauge, if you will, to really assess where his people are in that moment. So I sit right outside of his office and he'll come out and you can tell he's coming out for a reason. But if he can tell I'm stressed or if he can tell there's something on my mind, he will take a step back, meet me where I'm at, talk to me about my upcoming wedding or my dog. So rather than me having to flip the script and talk about Australian football or the 76ers, he's meeting me where I'm at in my life. And then we get to business. So that temperature gauge shows itself with each of his crew and throughout the organization, whether it is the custodial crew, the person nailing things, the person in our galley or where we get lunch or, you know, the officers that he works with on a daily basis. And I think that's a skill that is unmatched. Is it a skill that's honed or is it just who he is? Because I see John, and this is why I married my husband. I saw him, he was giving a presentation on something really boring, which he thought was very exciting <laughs> on directors and officers liability insurance coverage. I noticed him because of his warm eyes. He has very kind <clears throat> eyes. And you know they say the eyes are the window to the soul. And sometimes I feel like you're either kind or you're not. And the quality that you're describing about John is just an inherent high EQ of caring about people. The thing that it, for me is the most important thing in the corporate world is people are busy and people are into their own stuff. People talk about authenticity to me is a fake word because it's like, what are you doing? Authenticity, you've got to be who you are and I definitely, Emily coming into this role, number one goal for Emily, for me, is her next role. Number one goal. So first six to 12 months in this role, working with the team and experiencing working with great leaders. I just want to make sure that, and maybe it's the point of time I am in my career too, is that the people you work with, you want them to have their best chance of success for their career. And how many times have you seen people get stuck and it really annoys me to think that if someone could get stuck in the system when they might be introverted they might be a minority there might be just things that are not allowing them to get that chance and so for me the one rule I have for myself is that it doesn't matter who it is but you give them everything you've got because people with the right attitude, they can do great things. I just feel like our job as leaders is to give people development. It's not to find the unicorn who's going to be special at mm -hmm. doing this thing. I just feel like, I'll say this in front of Emily, if she fails, that's my fault. Mm. It's not her fault. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a deal there. I mean, there's a 50-50 deal because, you know, if someone does all the right things, but I feel like that's my fault, not me. I mean, if Sam's, he's a principal of the organization, one of our senior leaders in the company. And so for, for Sam, it's, it's like, you know, my thing is go for it. Really do the things that you can do. So I don't know. I mean, it's, People just get caught in their own stuff. And you know when you're working with someone who cares and 
who wants to make the team better and you also know when you're working with someone who's just into their own stuff so we try and get rid of those types of vanguards generally don't survive people who are into themselves i mean they generally vote themselves out what, mm-hmm. what what have you seen oh totally totally if you're not on board you're not on board right like <laughs> there, this is not a mercenary culture this is one where it is all about team 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 and it's about the north star which is investor outcomes and you know when i joined vanguard everyone said that was vanguard and i'm like okay but let me actually get inside and you know because everyone's got a mission statement but then there's something they're really doing and then you come in and you're like okay this really is all about investor outcomes and if you can't get on board with that you won't be here and you'll sell select now the other thing though you asked the question just around you know john's ability to read into people and see things the other i think really important leadership attribute that john has and i've tried to emulate and i think is very underdeveloped in a lot of leaders and this sounds so simple but it's listening Mm -hmm. i'm sitting right now with this ipad in front of me right with like a screen like but i've noticed you come in laptops closed Mm -hmm. notebooks closed just listening and so I'm not surprised that he knows and can talk to you about the wedding or whatever, because he's listening. And that is really hard these days, particularly, I think, if you can get more senior, mm-hmm. it's constant pressure. So there's something on fire all the time. How do you focus and listen, not just to the content, but to the person? And I think that's just a huge leadership trait to have. You know, the great thing is the people I work with are better than me in what they're doing. And so... There's humbleness there, but I actually think that there's a reality that this was the thing when I did that course, what was it called? It was advanced people management skills. And this was the thing I didn't get until then is leadership and management is a full-time gig. Whereas at the time I thought I had to produce stuff. I had to produce, you're a consultant, you had to produce PowerPoint decks, you had to produce fees and whatever. I guess late to the party worked out that's a full-time gig. And so... Sam's right. I made a change. I try, not that successful over there today, try and have a blank desk when I'm in a meeting with anybody or just so I'm listening to what's going on. And particularly the person's normally trying to drive a project. They're trying to drive results. They're trying to drive strategy, structure and talent. You want to listen to and hopefully you can just give a little bit to make it 1%, 2%, 3% better. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today, and we are excited to continue sharing leadership, career development, and business insights on matters impacting our global securities finance community. Please feel free to share any suggestions for future episodes. Follow us on LinkedIn and visit our website, womeninsecuritiesfinance.com. Thank you, John, Sam, and Emily for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and insights. And thank you again to our listeners. Have a great day.